Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Are you a motivated food blogger striving to meet financial or freedom goals? If so, then the Eat Blog Talk membership is for you. Take a journey with like-minded peers that will bring you past the overwhelm and straight into the arms of clarity. You will have direct access to guest experts delivering massive amounts of value into your business. You will have the opportunity to participate in monthly strategy calls, focusing on different aspects of food blogging, and most importantly, you will be part of a tight-knit, supportive, and encouraging family filled with people just like you. Visit eatblogtalk.com for more information, and the rest of us cannot wait to see you inside. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This podcast is for you, food bloggers wanting a clear path to achieving your goals. I am so thrilled to get some time with Kathy Brack today from kathysglutenfree.com. We are going to have a chat about the advantages of starting a blog later in life. Kathy has been blogging for three years at Kathy's Gluten Free. When she took an early retirement from her teaching job, she had to take some time to sort out health issues. Later, she learned that she needed to eat gluten-free, so she spent some time learning how to do that and how to cook and bake differently than in the past. Kathy then discovered gluten-free blogs, which were very helpful for her. Eventually, she decided to begin her own. Kathy's first blog was not primarily a food blog, but she soon realized that she needed to narrow down and food is what she chose to focus on. Kathy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat about this topic today. Thank but you. first, yeah, but first we want to hear your fun fact. Okay, I'm very excited to be here. I've been a regular listener and it's fun to finally get to chat with you. My fun fact, not so fun these days, but I think it's interesting that my husband and I were both born and raised in Canada and raised our kids in Canada, but now all of our three kids and our grandkids all live in the States. Oh, yeah. So is that sad? Is that a sad thing? Or do you like to visit? We love to visit. So normally, it's a great thing. We travel down in our RV and um, spend some time parked in each of their driveways and that sort of thing. This last year was a long one because we didn't see them since last Christmas. But we actually did take a, a trip down this Christmas and, and we did see them. So we have to quarantine when we get back to Canada, and we're actually in our last day of quarantine now. Okay. So where in the States do your kids live? They're in Pennsylvania, Missouri, and Colorado. Oh, my gosh. So spread all over. They are. Colorado is one of my favorites. It's so beautiful and peaceful there for me. It is. Love it. Well, oh, and I did know this about you, the RV thing, because we've talked before about having RVs and traveling because we have an RV as well and travel in the summer. So that's really cool. Yes. Well, I'm excited to talk about starting a blog later in life. This topic is near and dear to my heart. 
Um, you might know this, but there are quite a few women over the age of 40 and 50 and 60 who are starting to dig into blogging and who maybe have been doing it for a while, who are also part of the Eat Blog Talk community, which I think is so cool. So I think this episode is going to be really valuable for them in particular. So we have some notes here I would just love to run through. You have such great thoughts about this. So let's start by talking through some of the skills, people who begin blogging quote, later in life, we should probably define that because, I mean, it makes like that sound like you're 80 or 90 or 100. (laughs) But I I am a grandmother. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think, you know, mature bloggers or I I don't want to say older bloggers because I don't want to put that term there. But like later in life, I would say if you're 40 or 50 or 60 or above, that would probably uh, fall into that category because there are so many 20s and 30s bloggers out there so we'll just go with that later in life we're so yeah experienced in life yes Yes. experienced yeah Um, mature (laughs) so what do those people the later in life experienced mature bloggers bring to the table well I think the experience is what we bring and even though we may not know a lot um, about the blogging world the online world we we know about people and we've figured out a few things, and it's different for each person, I'm sure. I realized that I had learned how to set goals and how to manage my time and how to focus on what I needed to focus on. And um, once I learned within the food blogging world what those things are, then I can do it. So people come with all sorts of different experiences. Some people already know how to take good photographs. Some people are professional chefs. Um, Some people have been in web design or their spouse is a web designer. Um, When I started, it seemed like everybody had, had someone like that in their life, but that's not necessarily true. And actually, my son in law helped me He's a web designer and he was able to help me just in the beginning stages of setting up my blog or I probably could never have done it. And I was expressing to him at the beginning about how little I knew and how overwhelming all this was. But he said, but you know how to cook. Your food is good. So that was encouraging. Yeah. And just knowing those life skills and honing in on the things that you know really well and that you've developed over years and decades is going to make you a better food blogger, even if you don't know how to run the tech side of things. There's always someone to do that for you. So I think that's a really good viewpoint. What do you like? Do you like cooking? Is that why you're here? Then yeah, focus on that and don't get distracted by the other things. Do you get help with, you mentioned your, was it your son-in-law who helps you a little bit? He did at the beginning, um, not so much now because his expertise isn't in food blogging. It's in different directions, but um, he certainly was a good help getting me started. Yeah. Are there parts of food blogging that you just really don't desire that you outsource or how do you take care of those parts? Well, um, so far I did. I got an audit um, from Casey Marquis and that was really helpful so I know where to focus my efforts now. But no, I don't get much other help really at all. Well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's something I do need to, I would certainly like to um, 
get help with the tech side of things more. I also like a challenge and I like to learn how to do that stuff. But I've found we don't have time to learn everything we need to do. Yeah, that's so true. So I see so many people, so many bloggers digging into blogging and just completely immersing themselves in growing super fast. I'm sure you've seen these bloggers too that just go from like zero to a million in a few months or like a year or two. What are your thoughts on that? Because other bloggers, I feel like maybe the older ones, see there I said it, (laughs) the older, (laughs) not older, the bloggers who are starting later in life don't necessarily go so fast. What do you think about that? Well, in my case, I mean, I would just have had no idea how to build it quickly. I just knew so little about the blogging world. I think it's really nice when we're often in a position where we're a little more comfortable financially and don't have the pressure of needing to make money right away. Uh, Yeah, I felt so confused and overwhelmed by everything and all the courses and all the different things that... I just had to flounder a little bit, and I don't think that was wasted time. I had to try things. I had to try making all sorts of different recipes. In fact, my first blog wasn't even a food blog. Um, It was more lifestyle and about a property we have and that we're developing, and I thought I'll just fill in with some gluten-free recipes. I thought, I don't want to spend all that time and work actually developing new baked gluten-free recipes (laughs) as it's turned out that's the thing I'm loving yeah and I found that the food blogging was a little easier to focus and I promote and find a an audience for so yeah it's not the direction I thought I would go at all but um Isn't that funny how that works? You start thinking one thing and then it completely goes a different direction. But I liked your point about there not being pressure. If you're 40 plus, there's typically not a financial pressure like there might be when you're in your 20s or just getting started. Maybe you have a family full of young kids and you're trying to support them. That produces pressure. So taking the pressure off also takes that um the restraints on time like you can go at your own pace you don't feel like you have to go 90 miles an hour yeah and that's helpful i think because you can focus on the right things and not get distracted and try to do everything and i think this was one of our points later but maybe i'll just talk about that now how do you do that how do you prioritize your projects and have focus. Right. Well, again, that audit with Casey was a big help there. Um, So I think as a newer blogger, we need to focus on making quality content, maybe not so much on growing social media channels unless, yeah, we have it depending on what our goals are. So good recipes, good photos, Be careful with the writing, proofread, make sure it's well done. And then, yeah, once I learned how to do a blog post and and got a a layout, a template to follow, I just felt freer to just charge ahead and focus on doing that. So, And then now I'm learning more about SEO and really thinking about what recipes I'm going to be writing. So that's what I'm focusing on. I think first I had to feel comfortable with my photos 
which is still a work in progress, but they're coming. And I had to feel comfortable with how to write a recipe post. And now I feel like I'm focusing in on what I should be writing them about. Yeah. And those are like the pillars of food blogging. So quality, everything Mm -hmm. you do needs to be quality from the recipes to the photos, to the writing, to the way you present your blog. I mean, it all needs to be quality, in my opinion. Um, I know some people would disagree with that, but I so strongly think that if you want to be successful, you've got to have good photos. And if you don't, that's okay. But just always Mm. work on it. Keep practicing. What are your thoughts about projects? So how do you prioritize your projects and how do you focus on one versus the other? Do you go like quarterly? Do you do like type of project? How do you go about that? I guess my main framework is that I always want to have at least one blog post a week. So I'm focused on that primarily, but that's several blog posts sort of overlapping Maybe in the kitchen in the evening, I'm experimenting with some recipe, something that's going to become a recipe down the road, and I'm taking notes. And then there'll be a day when I'll shoot photos and a day when I'll write, always focused on getting at least that one out a week. And then once I've got that on schedule or ahead of schedule, then I'm squeezing in another one so that I have, I'm at least one ahead because again, we like to go away and I like to have the photos done, even though I could finish the writing when I'm traveling, I want to have most of the work done. So I would squeeze that in. And then um, now because I want to focus on SEO, I've set aside a couple days, one last week and one this week to, to just really dig into that and get lots of ideas and do some research. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. So basically, you have like a baseline, the minimum amount of projects or posts that you want to put into your business. And then you just kind of build from there if you have time. What about extra projects? Like, do you do any ebooks? Do you dabble in anything like that? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I have an ebook. I've got the recipes done. The photos are done. And um, my dear son-in-law is helping me with the layout of that right now. So it's it's really close. It's almost there. And that was very time-consuming. I didn't really get a second blog post written a week while I was developing those recipes. Yeah. And it's hard to prioritize those other projects. Do you find that too? Because mm-hmm. you want to focus on the quality of your blog content. So it's hard to justify putting your time and love and energy into something else. That's a struggle for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I thought, and this started at least two years ago, I think the idea for this cookbook, at first, it'll just be an e-cookbook, although I'm open to doing a print one next, baby steps, because again, it's all new and overwhelming, and I can only do one thing at a time. But the recipes are done, and I'm happy with them. I thought it would be something that I just get out a quick little ebook so I can make some money before the blog was built to where it was making money. <laughs> but oh my goodness, that took so long and and um, was so much work that I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm growing the blog more by now too. <laughs> I know. It, it all can be so overwhelming, especially when you heap projects on top of each other. And in your mind, you think, oh, this will be fine. I can just crank that out. No problem. But it does not always work like that. I am notorious for that, thinking I can do it all. (laughs) (laughs) 
but we can't. Nobody can, right? No, we cannot. And it's one of those lessons, yes, that I have to learn. So you mentioned working with Casey and kind of digging into your SEO and keyword research a little bit more. And that is such a big focus for so many bloggers right now because we're finding that it's super important and a lot of us ignored it for a long time before we realized, oh, we need to do this. That's what I'm hearing. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Anyway, I will not get into my story. I've talked, I talk about it all the time, but it's, it's very overwhelming, but it's necessary. So what is your advice for bloggers who are over the age of 40, who are really overwhelmed by this part of it? Because I can see where that could totally be the case for so many people. What's your advice for them? Well, um, again, Casey's recommendation, I signed up for KeySearch at keysearch.co. And uh, they've got some little tutorials that really didn't take long to go through them. And it's pretty cool. You put in, well, you have some parameters based on your blog and what range of searches you should be focusing within. And also a number for the keyword difficulty for your niche and it takes your blog into account and everything. And so you get some nice little numbers there and you just put in whatever words you can think of and filter it. And it's amazing what comes up. That's so nice. And key search is not very expensive. It's pretty affordable, correct? That's right. Yes. I also use keywords everywhere. But um, this one, key search just has some more specifics, I thought. Yeah. So keysearch.co and keywords everywhere, great place to start. And do you think that if somebody who didn't know anything about this could, if they went into those two programs, would they have a really good handle on it? Is there anything else they would need to know or any other resources they would need to dig into? Well, I'm no expert and I'm just starting with SEO, but I think I think it's good. I think it's a great place to start. And then as far as just getting general SEO advice and information, there are forums, there are groups, the eBlog Talk community. There are people in there who know quite a bit about SEO. So you can always go in there and ask questions. And then the Food Blogger Central group on Facebook, Casey, actually, I know he's in there a lot answering questions for free. So there really is not a lack of information out there. It's just a matter of, I guess, like knowing what you're asking, because if you don't know much about SEO, you really don't know what to ask, but you just like dig into it. And I promise it'll start making sense. Yeah. And there's an area where having blogged a little bit first probably helps because I have an idea of what recipes resonate with my audience. And that's a big part of it, right? That we don't realize, a lot of us don't realize Mm -hmm. until it's too late. And then you're like, oh no, I have to go back. You want them to be recipes that you enjoy making. This has to be fun, doesn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. If your heart's not in it and there's no passion there, then honestly, like, why are you doing it? I see bloggers come into this space thinking that they just want to make money and there's a lack of passion. And those are the ones that don't last. The ones that really stick with it and last forever are the ones that are so passionate about their niche or their food or their recipes or maybe their family recipes or whatever it is that you make. Those are the people who really last in this game. I I can see why. Yeah. So what else do you feel like 40 plus, 50 plus women, men who come in to blogging need to know 
before they get started or maybe they're just getting started? What other advice do you have for them? Oh, uh, join the Eat Blog Talk forum. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, Food Blogger Pro membership was helpful for me getting started too. There's so much noise out there and it's just hard to know what to focus on. And that's, that's what you're asking me. So yeah, those would be places... Yeah, just back to focus on the recipes. Um, have a presence on social media for sure. Um, Facebook and Instagram, and I tweet out my new recipes. That's about it for Twitter for me. But yeah, so you recommend having an account, but not necessarily focusing on it if it's not a priority. I don't know in a given quarter or a stretch of time. I I love that re- that advice right there because. It's so overwhelming getting into it. And then pretty soon you realize that, oh, this isn't just a blog. This is also Instagram and this is also Facebook and this is also Pinterest and now SEO. And it can be so overwhelming. And everyone, I mean, you can so easily feel like you've got to do all of it, but I do not agree with that. Open an Instagram account, grab your name. Yes. And I think there's a good community of food bloggers on Instagram. So that's how I see it mostly at this point for myself is it's it's a communication tool. I should also say that the whole, you know, just writing up a blog post with the photos and the steps and the recipe and everything seemed so overwhelming at first. But now as I'm getting into a pattern, that's becoming a lot faster, too. So that gets easier with time. Yeah. And that's for anyone. (laughs) When you first start, it's Mm. like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this took me like nine hours just to write a blog post. It is not always like that. Right. And so then I could see it being easier to post twice a week, which I really would like to do because I think then you just grow faster. That is true. The more content, unless you're like me and you have a bunch of garbage content lying underneath your good content, then it's probably not the case. (laughs) But I am not the typical uh, blogging story, I don't think. Let's talk about priorities a little bit more. I know we touched on this a little bit, but I think so often people think that bloggers who are over those ages of 40, 50, 60 just have all the time in the world, right? There's that perception like, oh, you have all the time in the world to blog, but you actually have a life. You mentioned you like to travel and you guys take your RV out. You have family, you have grandkids. There's a lot to do in the last half of life. And I can't wait to slow down a little bit with my work and get to that point where I can actually go explore the world a little bit more. Um, So how much of your energy are you willing to hand over to blogging and how do you balance that? I fit it in where I can, but within reason. Another twist that's just been thrown into my life is my husband just retired over Christmas and that was totally unplanned. We thought he had another year to work. I thought I had another year to build my blog up (laughs) and and we've started house plans we're going to be building a house and so that's probably going to move up a year as well yes and I will um well I'll post about that certainly on uh, my Instagram stories and a little bit in a separate section of the blog kind of tucked away in a corner there I think but um yeah there's there's a lot happening all of a sudden we're going to probably move out of our house put our things in storage and move into our motor home while we're building. So yeah, lots of challenges. 
lots to do. There's not a lack of of things to do, right? (laughs) Right. So there are certain things that are built into my schedule. At this stage of life, I don't want to sacrifice time with family and friends. But on the other hand, I am strict about my blog schedule. Oh, in a flexible way. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Making sure I at least get that one post out a week. Yeah, like your baseline. You have something that you will not go below. Yeah. And, um, you know, I sort of look at each, each week is different, which is wonderful. It doesn't get boring. And there are different things to do of a little less these days. Uh, we're pretty much locked down here in Ontario, Canada. I think that's where maturity and experience plays a part in balancing that I don't feel like I'm neglecting friends and family, but I am getting my blog work done too. It's so different with each age because right now I feel guilty when I'm not, when I'm infringing on my family time and I don't do that often. I am kind of like, yeah, I'm really, really strict about that to an extreme. But there are times when I have to work on a weekend. And just this past weekend, I had a project that came up and I had to work on it. So I was downstairs working and I feel guilty because my boys still like me and they are, they're not little, little anymore, but they're young Mm -hmm. and I, I want to be with them. And I, I know that someday in the near future, they're going to be not interested in mom anymore. So no matter what stage of life you're in, you're always going to feel that pull, I think, to spend time with people and spend time traveling or whatever it is you like to do. So you have to find a balance. I think that's what it's all about. No matter where you're at, you've got to find that balance and protect your time. Yes, exactly. Yes, I don't spend time doing things I don't want to do. There you go. I guess yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. I like, that's well said. Yep, exactly. You you do the things you need to do, but you're not doing things you don't want to do. If it's a project that needs to get done, fine. Yes, get it done. But yeah, I liked that. Balance is hard, isn't it? It's no matter what age you are, it's just such a hard thing to figure out. But once you do... It took me so many years and then I finally felt like it clicked like overnight one night and I was like, oh my gosh. And it's easy. All I had to do was put a time limit on my work and it's, you know, seriously, it was as easy as that. Be done working at five and then you have all of this time for your family and things changed drastically once I did that. Good. What else do you have for us? So you talked a little bit about flexibility and liking the flexibility. I think that's a huge allure of blogging. What else do you have to say about that? I would say one thing that's maybe more unique to an experienced blogger is, well, to put it bluntly, we don't have as much time left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, We're someone in our 20s looking forward to an unlimited range of possibilities for life and the huge business we might grow. Um, I'm so I'm a little narrower in my focus there. I think I have no intention of, of starting a podcast or of having a big YouTube channel. I do have some recipes on there just as a way to show people, you know, just where to put my videos is basically what that is. You know, I don't think I'll be starting a big course or anything like that other than maybe I could see doing cooking classes or something just on a smaller level. But, you know, I'm focusing on growing my blog for ad income and some affiliate income and the ebook. And that's sort of what I'm looking at. And so I'm just kind of ignoring 
Pat Flynn said once to just focus on what you need right now. And that's something I've learned to do. Because again, when I started blogging, you know, there were all these things coming at me and all these ways bloggers can make money and, and which is wonderful. But you need to pick the ones that are right for you. And that has helped me to just be a little clearer about those things, I think, and not feel bad that I won't be a famous YouTuber or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is easy to get caught up in that because you see the YouTubers who are just wildly successful. And there's someone I had on the podcast last summer who makes ebooks. That's pretty much all she does to um, support her blog. In addition to ad revenue and she makes so much money and I see that and I'm like well maybe I should do that but then I see someone else making money doing affiliates and I'm like oh I should do that mm-hmm. it's like that shiny object syndrome you just kind of sit still for a minute yeah and see what works for you what is working for you and focus on just one or two things like you're doing Kathy I think that's actually super smart because, oh, it's exhausting wanting to it do is. all of the things. <laughs> and again, they need to be the things you enjoy doing. I'd probably be totally stressed out if I was in front of the camera all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of energy and it's depleting. I imagine doing that a lot. Well, I think, I think it charges some people up. You know, it's different personalities. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I have two questions to ask you. Um, the first one, and this is... This is not in our notes, so I'm throwing this on you. Give us your best advice for younger bloggers, meaning like under the age of 40, maybe just starting out or they've been blogging for just a little while. Oh, my goodness. Listen to me. I'm going to say again, I'm surprising myself. Start SEO sooner. Isn't that weird? Because till I did, I wouldn't have said that, obviously. Um. I think because SEO is easier than I thought it would be. Maybe that maybe that's why. But still throw some recipes out, you know, favorite recipes to see what does well. Write your recipes simply and clearly for beginner cooks. Learn to take good photographs. Don't try to <laughs> develop a recipe and photograph it all at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes I've taken a chance. I thought, oh, I think this one will probably work. I'll take the pictures now. And then yes, know, right. And it still needs to be tested again. And <laughs> yeah, I maybe wait. Sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah, not, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to be patient. Um, I have done some video, but I've sort of put that on the back burner. Actually, that's what went on the back burner when I started the ebook. And now I'm just focusing on SEO and building up my blog. And then I plan to come back and add videos to the recipes that are doing well. Hmm. That's a good strategy. Not just, not just every single one. Yeah, that is a really good strategy because that can be an extremely overwhelming piece of it. Mm. Okay, would your advice for mature bloggers 40 and over be different? And if so, what would it be? Just lean into the strengths that you already have. Those are some things you're not going to have to learn all over again. Yeah, that's great advice. Because you're here for a reason. You're here because you do have strengths in a certain area relating to food blogging. You wouldn't enter food blogging not liking a part of it, right? That would kind of be (laughs) useless, pointless. 
So lean into what, what sets you apart, what makes you better, what makes you light up, all of those things. Because you can really find people to support you. Like you have your son-in-law who helped you set up your site. There are so many people. I mean, whatever your struggle is, do you agree with this? That there's someone out there to help you. So don't let that hang you up. That's true. That's true. It might be hard to find that person at first. I think that was an issue I had because there's, again, so much noise and I just didn't know who to trust. Who? How did I know that what they were doing was right? That's a question we need to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. And how do you cut through the noise? How did you figure out that Casey was the one to hire or... How did you figure out where to go for collaborations with peers? Right. Um, I watched people for a while, and I heard a lot of people recommend Casey. So that that's why I finally took the plunge and hired him. Um, I had been, you know, watching and listening for a long time and watched anything that he did or listened to anything. I just listened to the interview he did with you just lately. Yeah, that was a good one. He's doing a webinar today, by the way, <laughs> four o'clock Central I, I Standard Time. Up, <laughs> <schedule>. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. And there are people in the field who come with a reputation and people know them for being really good and having all kinds of knowledge. These people like Casey dig into their niches so far and deep. So they really do know what they're talking about. So it's a matter of finding those people and then meeting them where they are, where they deliver for free because so many people deliver free value on eBlog Talk Forum. There's so much free value there in this podcast. Oh my gosh, you could like start a blog just from listening to the episodes in this podcast and it's all free and there's free stuff everywhere. But yeah, you're right. There's so much noise too. So it's a matter of learning where you can go who you can trust mm-hmm. and who you should shut out and and what noise you shouldn't listen to. And that's probably the hardest part, right? <laughs> yeah. Podcasts have been very helpful that way for me. Podcasts oh, have introduced me to, you know, to other people and and you get to know people by listening to them. Yeah. That is true. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but Instagram, you said, is a platform for um, connecting with people. So don't discount Instagram, but don't necessarily put all your eggs there for, you know, don't yearn for traffic from there because it's probably not going to happen, especially right away. But it is such a great platform for getting to know your peers. I got to know so many people through Instagram And I don't know that I would have probably gotten to know them any other way. So it's valuable for that. Right. So, Kathy, this has been fun. I think we've provided some great information for people, well, of any age, really. But if somebody is 40 plus getting into blogging, I think this episode will give them just a grasp on what to focus on, how to move forward, what how to prioritize and all of that. Is there anything you would like to say on the topic before we start saying goodbye? I, I welcome other food bloggers to reach out to me and um, introduce themselves. Let me know if they heard me here and, and we can get to know each other too. I'm offering a, a list of um, wholesome food snack pairings. 
that if your listeners would be interested, it'll be at kathysglutenfree.com slash eatblogtalk. And it's whole foods, fruits and vegetables, nuts, just simple things like that that you're probably snacking on already. But I've done pairings. So if you're bored with one thing, it's the two things that go well together. And it's a little chart that's all photographed and everything. And and just some interesting combinations you might not have thought of before. So that's something that I have for your listeners. Awesome. I'm going to go check that out. Thank you for doing that. That's amazing. Well, thank you for being here, Kathy. This was valuable. I'm so grateful that we got some time together. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us? Oh, yes. And this relates to something we were talking about earlier. So years ago, in another lifetime, I was a sales director with a cosmetic company. And Mary Kay Ash always told us to put God first, family second, and career third. And that has always served me Mm. well. Oh, I love that. Great way to end. Great words to say goodbye on. Thank you for sharing that. So Kathy mentioned her resource that you can go grab And we'll put that link in her show notes as well as some other things we've talked about today. You can also access the full transcript for this episode in her show notes as well. And you can find that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Kathy Brack. Kathy is spelled with a C and Brack is B-R-A-K. And you kind of covered this, but reiterate where we can all find you online, Kathy. Kathy'sGlutenFree.com. No apostrophe. And where, what is your Instagram handle? It's at Kathy's Gluten Free. And reach out there. Where should people reach out if they want to just connect with you and chat with you about anything? Where can they best find you at? Either my contact form on my website or Instagram. An Instagram message would be great. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for being here, Kathy. It was super fun to talk to you. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.